1: In all of his epistles, the Apostle Paul underscores that our God is triune, that is, that he is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And as such, he becomes available to us not only as our Father and Savior without, but also as the very source of our Christian life within. Paul concludes 2 Corinthians, a marvelous book with an unmistakable reference to the Trinity the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. But in both First and Second Thessalonians, he begins the books by drawing our attention not just to God in a general way, but to the triune God, as he says, to the church of the Thessalonians in God the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace. Francis Ball has joined us as we conclude our first week of uh, programs on this new life study of First Thessalonians. And each one has been uh, quite marvelous so far, Francis. I think today should be no exception.
2: Yes, I feel like we're in holy ground when we come to this book.
1: Yeah. Uh, Francis, uh, for the sake of those who may have missed uh, some of the programs earlier this week, give us a little impression that you have of this uh, church in Thessalonica, this young church that Paul is writing to just uh, uh, maybe a year after he had passed through and preached the gospel for the first time.
2: I think this is a most encouraging epistle to be written to such a young church. They had just recently received Paul's message and had believed in the Lord Jesus and been saved and now are in God, in God the Father, and they're in the Lord Jesus Christ. And God the Father is in them, and the Lord Jesus is in them. So both inwardly and outwardly, they are the Thessalonian believers, the church in Thessalonica, now being receiving such an encouraging letter from the apostle that preached the gospel to them.
1: One of the points we've seen a couple of times, and maybe draw a little attention to it as a kind of a backdrop for today's program, uh, this very first verse in First Thessalonians, and it's almost, by the way, a mirror of the first verse uh, in Second Thessalonians, which we'll get to uh, in a couple of weeks, but it's significant in the way that it uses the prepositions and the objects of those prepositions. In different letters, Paul has identified the church as being the church of God in Corinth, for example. Here he says it's the church of the Thessalonians and in God the Father. So the city and the deity are somewhat have exchanged places here. And that's not accidental as we have seen. It's quite significant when he points out that this is the church of the Thessalonians because Thessalonica was a place of, well, repute, perhaps ill repute would be a better way to describe it. It was a worldly uh, sinful city and so he was drawing particular attention, wasn't he, for the sake of all the uh, readers of this letter, uh, that these were ones that God saved out of that kind of situation, which really even enhances uh, the glory that the Father assumes in such a marvelous salvation.
2: Yes, in itself, it would not have been much of a compliment to say Thessalonians yeah, and to call them by their city name, but because they're in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ, this makes them the church in Thessalonica.
1: Francis, one of the things we'll see today as we uh, get into these uh, early verses once again is that we have a God who is a father. Mm. And as a father, uh, that's one who desires to have many offspring, many sons. There's a, several verses we could point to. I just happened to pick one that uh, came to my recollection as I was considering this point. In Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Paul says, because those whom he foreknew, he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. We see right away, don't we, Francis, that God desires to have many sons that would be the many brothers of the firstborn.
2: It really is his desire to have many, many sons, like the firstborn son, the Lord Jesus.
1: All right, let's join Witness Lee with our first uh, segment of fellowship today.
3: The very God in whom the church is today is the processed triangle. Amen. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Listen, the Father, what the Father wants. According to the New Testament, the Father wants a lot of sins. Amen. No one can be a father without any sins. Right. The father wants a lot of sins. Then, what he's doing? Amen. Just to beget sins. Amen. With him, there's no need of limitation of birds. No need of birds control. Amen. The more birds, the better. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The father wants the sins. Amen. And the father is begetting. He has begot a lot. He wants a lot of sins with a purpose. He is not a foolish God. He has a purpose. Because he has such a purpose, he had a plan. Firstly, according to his purpose, he had a selection. And following his selection, he predestinated. He was the initiator. He was the originator. Now the church is in God the Father. This implies that the church is in God's purpose. And the church is in God's plan. And the church is in God's selection. And the church is in God's predestination. And no doubt the church is in God's calling. Amen. You may say, this all doctrine means nothing to us. No, don't say this. You know what? The trouble today among the Christians is that all the Christians have different purposes. They have different plans. This is wrong. We Christians all should have... The unique purpose. That is the purpose of our Father. We all should have the unique plan. The unique origination. The unique initiation. Not yours, nor mine, nor others, but our Father's. If we Christians would give up our own purposes, our own plans, the one nation will be here. There'll be no division.
1: Francis, he brought out these terms—predestination, selection, calling, etc. These are all great doctrines of the Christian faith, and as such, we may have uttered, if not uh, out loud, maybe to ourselves, "Well, what do these really matter in terms of me?" But actually, they're all anchored in the fact that God has a plan and a purpose, and that has very much to do with us, doesn't it, in our Christian
2: walk? Ah, there's nothing that has more to do with us than God's plan and purpose and even his predestination. I just marvel at the order in which Brother Lee brought this out. God has a desire. He wants to be a father. He wants many sons. And the reason he wants many sons is because he wants to put all that he is into more and more people. So this makes us the sons of God, and it makes us also under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Mm. This is a marvelous portion of this word because we surely have God choosing us because He has a plan and choosing us on purpose because He has a purpose and then really dealing with us to make us His sons in full grown. So the, the church here is really in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. As you pointed out earlier, this is in the triune God. So we have a entrance into God by a new birth and by the dealing and the working of God himself into us so that we are considered in Christ Jesus and in God the Father. Isn't that marvelous?
1: It is totally marvelous. I want to go on now in this uh, coming section. I picked another verse from Romans because being in now not just God the Father but being in the Lord Jesus Christ has a lot of implication as well. We are not in the Lord in a general way or just in Jesus, but he specifically says here, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 6, verse 3, Paul says, or are you ignorant that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? This is one of those items that's implied in The church being in the Lord Jesus, isn't it,
2: Francis? Yes, it is. And this is quite marvelous that we are not in ourself. We're not in our nationality. We're not in our old way. We're not in our old life. We now are in the Father and in the Son. We're in God the Father, and we're in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's so precious to indicate here that the fact that we say, Lord Jesus, not just Jesus, Jesus, Jesus— but we say, Lord, Lord Jesus. Jesus, as our Lord, we are in him wow. in so many aspects. I think
3: we'll see.
1: Yeah, we will. This is one that will be enlightening to a number of our listeners. Here's Witness Lee once more.
3: The church in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Maya, the Lord Jesus Christ. This implies too much. In the Lord Jesus Christ, there is no more sin. There is no more flesh. There is no more self. There is no more natural life. There is no more old creation. There is no more Satan. There is no more death. To be in Christ is not a small thing. To be in Christ means To have a termination over everything. Sin is terminated. Death is terminated. Satan is terminated. Yourself is terminated. Your old creation is terminated. Your flesh is terminated. Everything other than God has been terminated. And this is to be in Christ. The church is in Christ. Not only in Christ, in Jesus Christ. Amen. Not only in Jesus Christ, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And this means what? Everything with the church is terminated. Wonderful. Are there some Jews? No. Are there some Filipinos? No. Some Japanese? No. Koreans? No. no. Who are here? No Chinese. No Japanese, no Koreans, no Filipinos, no Americans, no British, no German, no French, no Italian. Now, why here? Jesus Christ, the Lord. The church is in the Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. Romans six three says as many as. <laughs> I baptized into Christ and then I baptized into death right. Christ is death right. to you you may say my oh brother be careful don't say this Christ equals death well you read Romans 6 3. to be baptized into Christ that equals to be baptized into death and this is to be in the Lord Jesus Christ
1: Well, Francis, surely when we receive Christ, life comes into us. Uh, We have a kind of a germination. But when we're baptized into him, in addition to that germination, there's a very definite termination, isn't there?
2: It's quite important that we see that we were terminated in the death of Christ. We've been joined with him by baptism into the death of Christ. So that terminated our self, our nationality, our old being. All that we are has been terminated in the death of Christ. So now we are in Christ, and not only in Christ, but as he pointed out, in the Lord Jesus Christ. I really appreciate that emphasis. If we don't know him as Lord, we don't know him at all. Someone said, if you don't know him as Lord of all, you don't know him at all. (laughs) But I think we really need to realize that our death was the death that Christ bore, and we were with him in that death. We were crucified with him, and we were buried with him by baptism into death.
1: In Colossians chapter 3, Paul makes the same point, of course, referring there to the church as the new man, which is kind of an advanced uh, description of the church. But in the new man, there are none of these things. There's no Jew, there's no Greek, there's no barbarian, Scythian, Uh, slave or free but Christ is all and is in all the same point there isn't it
2: yes it is that's marvelous and Paul is so consistent in all the things that he brings out in regard to our link with Christ our being one with Christ really takes care of everything it takes care of all our old way all of our old person all of our old sinful life everything is dealt with by the crucifixion of Christ
1: seems in uh, church history, in our own church history, not just uh, you know through the ages, but through our ages, it's when we don't live in the reality of this fact of being baptized into his death that problems creep into the church, because all, all of these things that he just made the point of underscoring that should not exist in the church, that is our nationalities, our old ways, uh, our flesh, our self. When those things are our daily existence, and that seems to be the realm in which we live It's impossible not to have big problems in the church, isn't it?
2: Because the natural life and the natural man are full of problems. So if we haven't had the termination of Christ's death, then we really don't have a way to experience all the positive things that are in Christ.
1: We're um, discussing, of course, First uh, Thessalonians primarily, but today we've been able to uh, jump around a little bit to some of Paul's other epistles to see these same points underscored, highlighted. We want to do that again for our third section today, this time from the book of Galatians. Chapter 3, verse 27 and 28 says, For as many as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ... There cannot be Jew nor Greek. There cannot be slave nor free man. There cannot be male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen. All right, here's Witness Lee for our final segment today.
3: Why Paul addressed his epistle in this way? Because in Paul's time, the Greeks were too proud. They had a lot of mythology. And they worship this false god with pride. Paul says the church of Sassonians in God the Father and in Lord Jesus Christ. And this means what? Yes, you dear saints were Sassonians. Still bear such a title, Sassonians. But now you are different. You are in God the Father. Amen. You have been regenerated of God. You do have a new beginning. And you are in the Lord Jesus Christ. You have been terminated in him on the cross. You are no more Greeks. You are no more fornicators. You are now absolutely in God the Father. You have been born of him. Now you are in the beginning God. Who has become your father. Not only so. You are in the Lord, Not in your philosophy. So you are just a holy people. You are separated people. Separate from Thessalonica. Separate from Greece. Separate from the mythology. Separate from philosophy. Separate from immorality. Fornications separate, absolutely separate. And such a separate holy life is for the church. Amen. We all have to see this. This is not just a kind of teaching, oh, you have to be holy, you have to behave yourself, you have to improve your behavior, you have to be more and more ethical and so forth. As long as you and I, we all see that the church is an entity Which is in God the Father. And in the Lord Jesus Christ. I tell you dear saints. That's it. That's it. You realize that you are absolutely separated. By God the Father. And you are encircled. Preserved. Kept. What? In the Lord Jesus Christ. So you are holy people living a holy, separate life. And this life is for the church. Hallelujah.
1: Francis, the point we made at the beginning of the program, this city, Thessalonica... Uh, was famous for sinful recreation center and all kinds of activities, gambling, uh, immorality, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, We can think of cities in our own culture that have this kind of reputation. But in this point, uh, I was struck that Paul not only was in you know, drawing attention to the fact that they had been saved out of that but as Greeks, uh, or a part of the greater Greek uh, culture and society, they also had philosophy and culture, many things that we would consider to be positive things. But they also were separated from those positive things as well, weren't they? Not just these negative, sinful things.
2: That's right. Being in God the Father and being in the Lord Jesus Christ separates us from everything else. Because this is not a matter of good and evil, Are bad and good. This is a matter of God as life. Our being in God the Father gives us a holy life. Being in the Lord Jesus Christ separates us from everything else. We are really separated people even though the Thessalonians are still called Thessalonians. They are different. They are now the church in Thessalonica. So this is our situation today. If we are really the Lord's children, if we really have been born of God, and God is our Father, and Jesus Christ is genuinely our Lord, we are a separated people from all the things of the past, good or bad. God doesn't want good people. He wants God people. He wants people who have God in them and belong to Him
1: marvelous that it's not a a situation that is dependent, conditioned upon our ability to carry out some religious ritual or duty to improve our behavior so that we're somehow suitable for the church. There's really only one life that's suitable for the church, isn't there?
2: That's right. Only one life counts, and he is the one who lives in us, and we live in him. We are now the church in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, with that kind of life, There is a difference in from what we were before we received him.
1: Well, let's add uh, self-effort and religious ritual to the things that we need to be separated from.
2: That's right. Being religious does not make us godly.
1: Francis, good fellowship today, and uh, we have uh, several weeks to go now as we're in... First Thessalonians, good to be back in a New Testament book. We had some marvelous uh, uh, weeks and months even in uh, the books of First and Second Samuel. And we'll return to the Old Testament uh, after uh, this life study. But uh, I'm uh, enjoying this very much to see a fresh Paul's, uh, fresh speaking to this young church of uh, young believers who were such an encouragement and became such a pattern even in the region uh, that they were in. And they're still a pattern to us today.
2: That's right. They knew also how to follow the churches.
1: Yes, they did. Uh, we hope you're enjoying this life study uh, that we've begun now in First Thessalonians. If you'd like to contact us about getting the printed life study messages, uh, we have one volume that contains both First and Second Thessalonians. And if you would call us toll free, we'll tell you how it can be yours. That's one eight 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 Life Study eight 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 five four three three seven eight eight. Or write to us at Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box twenty one twenty one. Anaheim, California, 92814 or send email to radio at lsm.org and uh, I might take this moment to mention uh, something I haven't talked about for a while and that is the website we have which is www.lifestudy.com The Life Study really has uh, two components to it the printed Life Study, these printed volumes that we talk about each day and then the radio version that we uh, produce and bring to you on this program. And so at uh, Lifestudy.com you can uh, check out both aspects, the printed and the radio. And on the radio side you'll find archives, which means uh, all of the past programs, now more than 1,300 programs that we've recorded over the years, um, are there available for you to just download and listen to at your convenience anytime, day or night, as long as you have access to the Internet? And even the uh, real player that's required to play the programs is available there. You can just click and get it downloaded. So visit our website, www.lifestudy.com, and visit us again next week as we continue in this new Life Study for 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. For Francis Paul and Chris Wild, thank you for listening today.
0: Even though Christ is immeasurably great, He is available for us to experience. In order to fully enjoy and appreciate Christ, we need a revelation of His person and work, and especially of our union with Him in our regenerated human spirit. As believers, we can abide in Christ and live Him out in our daily experience by receiving the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. In the book, The Secret of Experiencing Christ, Witness Lee unveils practical points to enter into a genuine experience of Christ according to the divine revelation contained in Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. The Secret of Experiencing Christ is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order a copy from Living Stream Ministry by calling 1-888-543-3788.